You're listening to the Rough and Tumble podcast. This is episode one. If you enjoy the podcast and you want to help us out, please subscribe to our YouTube. Go over to that. It's the Rough and Tumble podcast um, is the YouTube name. And then you can also subscribe to our Instagram. Again, it'll be the Rough and Tumble podcast. And then uh, my personal Instagram is Compton Johnny, C-O-M-P-T-O-N-J-O-N-N-Y. Um, and then Mitch, you have a, you have an Instagram I as do. well. It is Mitch Hall, B-J-J, pretty simple. Again, don't uh, put in Mitch Hall BJ. You have to add the second J. Yeah, you get weird stuff whenever you miss that J. But we also have a Patreon. So if you are interested in helping us out monetarily, that'd be great if you could donate to that. If you see that link, um, that would help us out greatly. If you don't like the sound quality, then donate money to us so we can buy new crap. The number one biggest way that you can help is just sharing the podcast on social media, talk about it, um, and leave us a review on iTunes. And let's get into the episode. You're listening to the Rough and Tumble Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. I told you to remind me of my big BJJ idea. And I never, and I never... Uh, you never reminded me, so I'm blam- it's basically your fault. It was 100% my fault. Um, no, okay, so when I was it, when I was about 18, 17 to 18, I need to not hit things. 17 to 18, I had this, uh, I lived in this house in Fayetteville, and um, it was like infamous because it was commercially zoned, and there were like six of us that lived there. Lived there. Um, and it was just this huge old halfway house. It had a basement, and then all, f- all five or six of us that lived there were all musicians. One of them had a recording studio in the basement. And uh, so on the weekends, we'd move everything out of there and we'd have house shows. We'd bring in bands that were like way too fucking big to be playing in a basement, <laughs> yeah. but we were commercially zoned. So like nobody could give us noise complaints, nothing. We could do whatever we wanted. Um, it was so badass. But anyways, I was thinking like, dude, how sweet would that be to do like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu, almost like an open mat slash like, with a band in the background tournament you could have a band you could have a dj just like in a basement throw down some mats have all like everybody just circles up around it and like that kind of forms the barriers the people and then you get to call out whoever you want like hey <laughs> i want mitch let's do this you know and it's just like fun and friendly competitive but like a it competitive open mat it literally sounds like a fight club yeah oh yeah dude it's just a fight club they made a movie about it <laughs> yeah i've seen that <laughs> i've been watching <laughs> I think that would be a great idea, though. Like, I've been watching a, a breakdancing tournament. So, if you ever watch breakdancing, <laughs> it's so stupid. But uh, How do you win? I would just be a better breakdancer. But I don't even understand the moves. Like, I guess it's scored somehow, like, at 10 We should look into how 10. they score breakdance fights. Yeah. We could revolutionize the jiu-jitsu scoring system. <laughs> My breakdance, I bet I did. Eddie Bravo. There's no advantages. It's just... Yeah. There's points only. Style. That's all it is. That's dude, I'd win that match every time. Style. That's what I'm all about, bro. Who could be calling me this hour? Um <laughs> Who's calling at ten o'clock in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> I'm recording a podcast right now. Yeah, go ahead with your your deal, your question. My five questions? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got five questions for me. All right. The first question. And I've always wanted to have this conversation, so because I never really got to talk about it after the after it happened. Um, but it's going to be true or false. So we'll just do that. So true or false. Um, you, you and I have fought before. 
You ma- you made that true or false because you knew I was gonna come with some sarcastic bullshit. <laughs> right I limited your, I limited your responses on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Okay. Uh, true or false? Um, you didn't win. <laughs> um, my mom says that I'm a winner all the time. So well, I'm your mom false. says the same thing about me though. <laughs> uh, I didn't win. True. However, I was thinking about the first time that we'd met, and it wasn't that time. No. It was whenever I got the silver medal, and you didn't get a medal. Oh, that was talking about in Oklahoma? At AGF Nationals. Yeah, that was it. That was one of the first times I'd ever seen you perform, and I wasn't impressed at all. Yeah, well, I was also going against small Japanese women. <laughs> <laughs> we both, you got beat by the same guy I got beat by, right? Well, I got I lost to Levi Moles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a quarter my size. He is, and he and he kept reminding me that he's not a jiu-jitsu fighter, that he's an MMA fighter. And he yeah. never he never even puts the gi on. <laughs> he like he was like I just bought I found this gi in the bathroom oh and I thought God. I'd put it on. He had told me that he puts. I'm sorry to be giving out his secrets here, but uh, did he vaseline up for the fight? No, he'll wear like the big tie cups because the AGF they don't have the rule about cups. And he he one hundred percent used that. I'm not. I'm Do we, totally. Was he fair. just was he just hip thrusting into your yeah, face? Yeah, yeah. Because he went to uh, bow and arrow. Let's see. Did you go to bow and arrow choke? He took my back, and he was like fucking driving that cup into the center of my back. It was so painful. That's super. It illegal. was so painful. It's illegal at IBJJF, not at AGF. It's one of so the I only can't... rules I think that they should probably. It could, should be everywhere because yeah. I was. This was years ago. Um, when people actually used to compete at Nagas. Yeah, yeah. Because um, everybody wanted a championship belt or a sword. Or a sword, yeah. Um, my favorite part about the Naga stuff was that they gave uh, 11-year-old swords. Mm-hmm. And they were real swords. Yeah. I've got three of them at the yeah. gym. Yeah. Did you take them from 11-year-olds? Yeah. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> um, but I remember there was a, a match, and a guy had taken another guy's back and flattened him out and drove his cup into the guy's back, and it, like, dislocated his spine. Oh, it was super bad. You had to get kept, carried off on a stretcher. That's and stuff. horrible. I know. Yeah. And then they changed the rule after that. When I ref for Nagas, we had a guy come over and the, you know, they sell the belts for like $300. I didn't know that. This guy came over and like, he told us that he had promised his kid that he'd bring home a belt <laughs> and then lost. So he went and fucking bought a belt. Like, dude, don't promise your kid you're going to win a belt. <laughs> well, you know, It's funny. You, you see that stuff in movies where like the main character is going to like win the big fight. Yeah. But you never see it whenever they don't. Like yeah. you never see whenever they make this huge promise to like some sick kid in Africa <laughs> and then like it doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, guy. I tried, but it just wasn't enough motivation. Was, you dying wasn't enough yeah. motivation for me. <laughs> maybe you should get sicker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe I should get better. <laughs> maybe I should just get better. Are those the only two questions? You just wanted to rub that in my face? Yeah, that was. I've been waiting weeks to ask that question. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. <laughs> That's, the only That's all the time we have for today. That's our one and only episode was Mitch wanted to rub that in. Dude, I've got actual questions that are well thought out. Well, I can't wait to answer and, them then. Um, you had one more question. Go ahead and shoot it to me because you told it to me before. I'm trying to remember what it was. Mm-hmm penis size <laughs> yeah so i ask people this question all the time because it really tells a lot about them as a person and their character um so the third question actually i do have two other questions after this so no okay i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask the other two questions and then i'll end my series of questions with with the zinger with the zinger okay you've already now there's people all people heard was penis and yeah so now they're on the edge of their seats they're like no just get to the final question dude show business baby that's right we're gonna keep you hanging and these are actually two serious questions that I always ask people. <laughs> if you could only take three movies with you 
on a desert island, what would they be? Oh, uh, the assassination of Jesse James. Never heard of it. It's incredible. I'm like a huge. I feel like you're. What you're gonna do is you're just gonna make up movie titles. Yes. Yeah. Um. None of them are gonna be real. Backdoor sluts nine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no. who, has, who hasn't accidentally found that on Direct TV? <laughs> yeah. Um, my kids. No. <laughs> uh, I had. Uh, so I'm like a huge. I love watching movies and like just picking them apart as like how the director put it together, how the the cinematography was done, so on and so forth. And that's one of those movies that's just like blows my freaking mind, dude. It's just it's so well done. It's long and drawn out, but it's so you would be incredible. I learned a new word. Speaking of that, um, there's a, a kid or a guy. He's an adult. He's not a kid. He's an adult. Now. <laughs> he trains at uh, at the gym and. Um, he said he is a cinephile. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that before. Uh, it'd be like an audiophile. Like you've heard people say, like they're they're audio audiophiles. Nope. Basically, I, like a big. Yet op- another word that Johnny's <laughs> making up on the spot. It's like I don't even know if that's how it's pronounced. Uh, cinephile. Cin- yeah. Cinephile. Cinephile. Yeah. It's just like a, a nerd for you- cinema or audio. I so I asked that guy. I said, man, what would your what would be the 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 top found footage movies ever? Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, that's easy. Blair Witch Project. And paranormal activity and then he goes i haven't seen either one of them and i'm like what the hell like because they're bad yeah <laughs> they're like how do good. you how do you put those on your list but you've never seen them they're because they made money like they're I up guess. there everybody loves them okay i got two more now the assassination of jesse james um dude i don't even know they're just totally i know it sucks when you get put on the spot yeah like um, the, the boat's about to leave for the island i and probably you have to grab. i probably thought about this about eight times this week too i'm like yeah. these are going to be my answers <laughs> And then I've got nothing. Uh, the assassination of Jesse James and um, dude, I don't know. I don't have another one. My mind yeah, just totally went worst. blank. I'm you're sorry. The worst. Uh, well, it sucks that you're gonna be watching one movie over and over again for the rest of your life. Yeah. On the Desert <laughs> Island. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up, Buckaroo. <laughs> okay. Next question. Okay. Maybe I'll come back to that. Maybe I'll have another. Well, this one. This if you don't know this one. I'm going to be extremely disappointed. Okay. Okay. Prepared to so, be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> the top three records that you would take with you on a desert. Oh, island. okay. Yeah, yeah. Like albums. Yeah. I've got them all over right there. Of course you do. Um, uh, definitely Converge, Jane Doe. That's like a uh, nostalgic album for me. Like I just, you know, it just feels good to listen to that one. And then uh, Have Heart, um, probably Songs to Scream at the Sun. That's just a really cool name. Yeah. Yeah. They've got. They've got that one. They've got another one uh, called The Things They Carried, which is one of my favorite books. Um, You're just but, making up stuff again. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, that album just, like, speaks to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, every word in that album, I'm like, I feel that. I feel that 100%. And then um, it'd be a toss-up between Brand New, um, the, the Devil and God Are Raging Inside yes. Me, and um, Modern Baseball's alpha kappa whatever they had like an ep that yeah was just both insane. brand new and modern baseball would be a really tough one for me for yeah. sure i hear a lot of like youtube videos talking about like how um like cheesy and corny modern baseball is i'm like i don't think they're they're not really that cheesy more no. cheesy than any other band you know like yeah i could see it because especially when you consider um I mean, when you talk about brand new and modern baseball in the same totally conversation, like right. they're super different. So yeah. I could see like if you had some brand new fans out there talking about, I could see that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I that could makes see sense. That. Definitely. It'd be like 
like back in the day, I think you could have compared Brand New and Taking Back Sunday. Mm-hmm. Like when they're off the first, you know, like um what album was that? The, my favorite uh, My Favorite Weapon. Yeah. Right? Was the yeah. first one and then um and then Taking Back Sunday's um first record. It had key without the E. What yeah, was that, that was the big song that came off of it. What Tell was... it wasn't Tell All Your Friends, it was the one before that. Yeah, um, I don't remember the name of it. Yeah, we look real stupid right now. God damn it. God damn such it. An idiot. Um, but yeah, they were I think those both would have been in the same category. And then Taking Back Sunday stayed the same. Yeah. And brand new like went to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. You know. That's what cocaine will do, man. <laughs> like <laughs> it takes you to that next level. It does. <laughs> it makes you a creative genius. <clears throat> right. Okay, it's my turn now. I had one more question. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. This is that's the cliffhanger. So the final question that I have is um, would you rather it's a would you rather question would you rather have a penis for a nose or a vagina for a mouth but the penis doesn't work like you can't have sex with it right. it's just it's, it's just, just a there. flaccid it's, penis. yeah exactly yeah and then the vagina doesn't work either okay. and you don't have teeth Ooh, that's a good one i'm gonna say i'm gonna say i'm gonna go with the penis nose so you was the scrotum nose yeah i don't think you thought that one out well why well, because now you, you're going to literally... You ever had a dick on your mouth? <laughs> like you Was just... this entirely a setup for that question? <laughs> Are you trying to get somewhere with this? I mean, in all fairness, neither have I. But <laughs> I don't know why I said neither have I. Like, I assumed your your answer was no, because you never answered. <laughs> I like to keep it ambiguous. Like, I like for people to be like, is he gay? Is he straight? I don't know. Oh, let's keep the world guessing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Daniel Tosh of Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> Oh God, uh, yeah, dude. Because I want to eat, dude. <clears throat> food is food is uh, everything. Well, that's the thing is like every I've asked people this question and they say the same thing. It at no point did it. You still have a throat. Like you're that's gonna okay, you're gonna be yeah. able to. So I can gum I can gum my food with yeah. my vagina lips. Then I'm gonna go with the vagina lips. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah, call. Okay, all right. And then um, the only weird part is that vaginas go up and down. Like they're oh, up, you yeah. know, like that. Like, well, nobody can see what I'm doing with my hands. But <laughs> it's I an, forgot. We got the camera. I totally yeah. forgot to set that it's up. It's a slit up and down, so you have to eat sideways. That's the only thing. But I would go with vagina mouth as well because I don't want to have a penis head yeah. touch my lips. All I feel like I'd have, especially if I had chapped lips, like if it was a really a really windy day, like mm-hmm. in, in August or you, maybe like October. You'd have to like move it out of the way before every time. you do anything. Oh, I didn't even think about the... <laughs> Just the the fact that it was gonna be in the way all the time. Yeah, that's if you have an average size penis, not like a Johnny size penis. Then it just pretty much a normal nose. <laughs> okay, my turn. Okay, here we go. Give me. I'm gonna three things. I, f- I feel like is overshooting a little bit because when I write it down, it's like oh three things. But then when you try to think of three things, it's really tough. So I'm gonna say two things that are holding you back. Two two personal things about yourself, like personality traits habits whatever that are holding you back one would definitely be the amount of times i take a dump in the day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you can't get a whole lot of work done when you're not at your desk <laughs> right that's what cell phones are for now like, you write true. emails with, with i never get around to doing that stuff i always get around to to instagram so i don't have facebook but i do have instagram and uh and that's usually what that or uh whatever game i'm playing that day so i would probably say one of the things that's holding me back is uh, the amount of times that I poop in a day. That's probably a big one. So I had a, a friend of mine who I would never expect to to give any sort of insightful quotes. Mm. He gave me an insightful quote a while back. And uh, it's a Henry Thoreau quote. And it says that uh, most men live lives of quiet desperation. Mm-hmm. And so I think that 
for a while, well, I don't know, man. Like I've always been kind of a hard charger. And so maybe a couple of years ago, fear was what was holding me back, like right. getting stuck in security and being, being very, very uh, secure in what I was doing career-wise, whatever. Um, not taking enough chances, not looking at it. You know, um, again, I'm a big fan of motivational quotes and stuff. And uh, Ian Rand has a, uh, Ian Rand, someone's going to, somebody, who, the, the three people that are listening to this podcast <laughs> are going to correct me for saying her name wrong. But she has a, a quote that says, um, it's not about who's going to let me, it's about who's going to stop me. And when I started kind of living in that moment, I think I stopped holding myself back as much. But for a long time, I think fear was a, a big piece mm -hmm. of like, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if they say no? Mm -hmm. Right. But, you know, and I didn't mean to ruin your question, but the reality is, is that, that at this moment in my life, literally nothing is holding me back. That's good. Yeah. So <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, dude, I think like uh, the unpopular opinion, I fucking hate motivational quotes. <laughs> it I is an unpopular opinion. It. It's like. Dude, I'm so tired of being motivated. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, quit trying to motivate me, damn it. I can do it on my own. <laughs> well, the thing here's okay, so that's a good point. Um, whenever I look for motivational quotes, I don't really look for quotes that are going to motivate me. Mm -hmm. I'm really just looking for things that people have said that was pretty badass. Yeah. You know, at my office every morning, um, me and my coworkers, one of us will, will post a quote of the day. And a lot of times it'll have something to do with what we're dealing with maybe in the office or in, in the workplace or whatever. But a lot of times it's just like, man, this is just what we're feeling today. You yeah. know, I've posted some David Goggins co quotes, you know, I'm a big fan of that. And for me, so when I think about motivational stuff, guys like David Goggins, even Jocko, what I like about them is not I, like David Goggins ran three 100 mile races, three weekends in a row. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's insane. You know, and so for me, it's not about, like, people who need motivation to get out of bed every morning. And, again, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not trying to downplay people who deal with depression and, and mm -hmm. things like that. But my point is, is that there are people out there who who literally need someone to help them just get out of bed. Yeah. But not from a sickness. It's just because they just suck. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they just suck. Like, right. you know. And so I look to people like David Goggins and Jocko and those guys, because they've been there, they've done that. Um, and the mental fortitude, you know, I've got a lot of respect for people who can ignore physical pain, who can ignore environmental pains mm -hmm. and somehow find a way to win or push through. It's something that I struggle with. You know what, going back to your other question, when you asked me, what do I think is holding me back? So my coach has, has really emphasized uh, the mental game for jujitsu. Yeah. Right. And so, I used to, and I still do to some extent, had the worst, I was the worst about getting halfway into a round with someone and then mentally breaking and mm -hmm. quitting. You know, I would still move and I would do enough to get through the round, but it wasn't, I wasn't finding a way to win. And so I started, I was feeling like a fraud because I'm going around telling everybody, no, you got to find a way to win. You got to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. You got to go. Mm -hmm. And then here I was at like minute three and a half of a five minute round finding a reason to quit. Yeah. You know, but that's something that my coach has worked with me on. And I think I still struggle with that, but it, it I am getting better at that. So yeah, I guess I could go back to your other question and say that from a, from a, from a jujitsu perspective, from a, a, an athletic perspective, I probably am being held back by that mental weakness there for sure. So 
That's a man. I, yeah, I think everybody struggles with that too. I, well, I say that I've never struggled with quitting in the middle of the round. That's one thing that like once I'm in there. Well, I'm, you didn't. I'm you, fucking going. Yeah, you, you know didn't quit saying? whenever we fought. Yeah, like I stopped you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but well, no. Let's let's go back because when we fought, I've got to I've got to remember to tell my story about that because it's so good, dude. Um, <clears throat> spoiler alert: Mitch is the only man that has ever touched my lips with his lips. Um, That's true. So, <laughs> when we fought, no, when you passed my guard, there was that when you got to that side control, uh, you had like the kind of the rear rear side mount, like where my back is kind of facing away. At that point, I was like, dude, I'm either gonna you know have to wait for him to move, or I'm just gonna get I'm just gonna get stopped now, you know, like. Yeah. And so there was a point where. I don't I wouldn't say that I quit, but I knew that I was fucked from that point on. You know, I was like, unless I can stop him from advancing, I'm screwed here. And so like quitting has never been the issue, but quitting before it starts, that's where my issue is. That makes sense. Getting in my head and being like, dude, I can't do this or I just don't want to. I don't you know, like there's so much of that that goes on. Okay, moving on, because it's gonna take hours if we're not speedy about this. Two physical attributes that you feel like define your jujitsu outside of your just uh strength well i don't feel like that's fair because <laughs> uh, it can be it can be uh for instance i'll give you an example my uh best physical attribute that i feel like i have that is maybe better than a high percentage of people would be my balance so i base my jujitsu off of my balance gotcha. and some other things i'm not going to tell you everything because yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and it's funny because you say my strength uh, it still feels weird to this day to hear people even use the word strength in my name in one conversation. <laughs> because when I first started training jujitsu or when I first even got into athletics, I was like 130 pounds. I was yeah. this really small, weak, weak person. I would say my athleticism, which is, again, something I never thought I'd use in the same sentence. I think that I always had good flexibility and I think that I always had good dexterity. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I started training and I did get bigger and stronger, all of those attributes stayed. Um, and so for me in the weight classes that I compete in, you know, middleweight and even I did a season at medium heavy, which is 195. I'm, I'm just as flexible and agile as the 181 guys, but I'm bigger than they are. Yeah. Um, and then for medium heavy, same thing. Like most of those guys are like your wrestlers. They're really, really like come forward, come forward. And they want to scramble, scramble, scramble. So I have really good scrambling. And then I had the flexibility that would, that they didn't have a lot of times. So even though you did take strength um, and then uh, flexibility for sure, like the athleticism piece of that, I've, I've told I've had, I've got pretty good speed as well. My ability to be explosive. You go from uh, pressure to speed really, really easily. Yeah, which I, I never even considered it to be an attribute. I thought everybody did that. <laughs> <laughs> no. One of the things that always cracks me up is like when people are like, oh my God, he's so strong. I was like, yeah, he's strong. Cause you're trying to fucking kill him. Yeah. Like you're strong because he's trying to kill you. Like, Anybody that's in that situation is going to be strong in that moment. And, uh, but there's like, I think the pressure is where it changes from strength yeah. to pressure is where, cause now you're learning how to apply your strength in the proper form. Um, I can't stand people get out of a tournament like, Oh my God, I was so surprised by how strong he was. Like, how are you surprised by that? Yeah, no. of course he's going to be strong. He, he was, he was just trying harder than you. <laughs> yeah. That's really what it is. Um, Oh, I had some I had some good questions on my Instagram. I wanted to go through with you. I need to start doing that. I need to start posting like ideas where I do the same thing or give people options. Yeah, I think that was really cool. I looked through those earlier. I just figured like um, 
if anything, it's just future content too. For sure. That's I didn't realize breast cancer awareness month is uh October. Is it? That's coming up. So we, we got could, time. We could do a whole month on nothing but boobs. That's a fact. That would be fantastic. I think everyone would agree. Yeah. Well, but that's when we'll bring in our charts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll start video of like our, <laughs> our pie charts and graphs and stuff. So somebody was this is this is great. Somebody was asking how. At first, I thought they were gonna say how MMA has changed your life, and I was not going to accept that as a question because I hate it's so over spoken about like I don't even I don't even I do everything so there's two things that I don't talk about with people and people say it's arrogant or whatever but um, I I don't like to talk about Brazilian jiu-jitsu or MMA with people that I don't train with right right or that people who don't train Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't like to let people know that I'm in the military I don't um, I forgot that should have been one of my questions because I literally know nothing about your military background. Yeah, that's You're in because the... I'm not allowed to talk about it. Is Everybody it, knows that. Is that that's not real? That's not real. No. I made that up. I don't even have a really good strong. Clearance. If you weren't allowed to talk about it, I I figure you're probably not going to be in Arkansas. That's true. <laughs> like, there's not many people in Arkansas that aren't allowed to talk about. Things, that's true. Unless they're tied in with the Clintons, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. So he's asking how MMA Brazilian Jiu Jitsu fighting scene in this area has changed since we started till it is now and then what we, where we see it going oh wow that's um, a good question yeah and so like me personally i remember dude i mean like i've been doing it for to almost 12 years and it's not i mean that's not that long in the grand scheme of things roly mr Dinger, both of our coaches have yeah. been a black belt as long as i've been training that's ex- i was talking about that just recently roly has been he's been training for over 20 years yeah you know he's i think he's a third degree black belt now which mm-hmm. for people who don't know that's three years for every degree so that's nine years that he's been a black belt but so really nine to 12 years yeah if you look at it from that going from zero to one degree mm-hmm. 12 years as a black belt i've been training jujitsu for 12 years yeah and by the way for people who don't know uh, johnny and i are both black belts in jujitsu yes just that'll be so we'll have a whole episode on just that yeah of just us being black belts yeah i'm a black belt <laughs> Um, I, I definitely see it. it's, it's moving the, in the past, since I've moved to Conway is really where I've noticed the biggest change. When I first started, there was uh Roly dream, uh, and a couple other black belts in town in, in the state of Arkansas, maybe two other black belts in Arkansas outside of respective gyms. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like Westside obviously had a couple of black belts. Uh, Mr. Dream had a couple of black belts, but there's, I mean, only a couple, and now you can find a black belt in every major city in Arkansas. They may not all be good black belts, but you they can exist. find one. Yeah, they do exist. Since I've moved to Conway, we now have two tournaments a year in Conway, mm-hmm. whereas before we had zero tournaments yep. in Arkansas. Yep. Now we have two tournaments a year in Conway, which is then segued into more people taking a chance on Arkansas, mm-hmm. coming out and competing. And the yeah, there was level talk has of, gone up, dude. It has gone up a lot. Uh, there was talk that the IBJJF was actually going to try to do a Little Rock. Oh, dude, that'd be uh, so cool. I know, because we wouldn't have to drive everywhere. Yeah. When I went to, I competed in Chicago at Brown Belt and got my ass beat. That's fair. Um, yeah, it happened. <laughs> Coming back from that, I had, you know, the, the next Sunday or whatever, we walk all through Chicago for hours. I get on a red-eye flight back to Memphis. Um, the whole time, I'm just thinking about how depressed I am. I lost and bullshit like that. Then I have to, I get in like at 2 a.m., drive back from Memphis, back home. I end up getting home and having a legit panic attack. Really? Just from lack of sleep. Just from like, dude, I was so mentally exhausted. I just like kind of lost it for a second. I was like, dude, fuck this. This is so unfair. I have to fly. I had to fly from 
from Little Rock. Or no, 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 from Memphis to like Atlanta, then to Chicago or whatever, you know, like doing those kind of trips. But I've never, the only tournament I've ever flown to was when I did Masters Worlds yeah. uh, as a brown belt. And really, uh, I lost, actually, I lost, I always talk about this because how, how weird of a coincidence it was, but I lost the first round. Right? I went out there, I flew all the way to Las Vegas. Um, I had prepared very well for it. You know, we got this big Airbnb. It was a really cool experience. It was like a fighter house. It was really neat. Mm -hmm. I get out there and I lose in the first round to Zach Lee, who is a black belt now out of Memphis. Mm -hmm. So I flew all the way to Vegas to <laughs> fight a guy who was two hours from me yeah. that I could have fought at an AGF. Right. You know, I was like, motherfucker. That's why I moved up at, at eight, this last AGF when I, when I competed at black belt. I, yeah, uh, you fought Kevin Williams. Yeah, yeah, we, um, we remember that. <laughs> so does all of the internet. Reddit remembers that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I moved up a weight class, and because typically I compete around one seventy. Yeah, kind of I area. thought it was weird that you were in with Kevin's. But I'm uh, I'm tired class. of competing against the same people. Every single time I competed at AGF, I get matched up against Wes. Every mm -hmm. time, and I'm like, okay, dude, like we fought so many times. <laughs> like, yeah. I need to move on. It's it's like you, Wes. Um, there's another guy out of Texas that ends up at all those names. I think his name's Jason that I competed against. It but starts feeling weird. But like whenever you and I had our super fight, I still felt weird fighting you. Yeah. Like I knew, I knew I, I had like, I had to try to win, mm. but it still felt weird because even though back then we weren't good friends, but I had come and done open mats at your gym. You know, we communicated, uh, through social media and stuff like that. Like it still felt weird. Yeah. Um, competing what, against you what feels weird to me is that we had this halfway relationship and we're competing yeah if i trust you if i know you you're a friend dude i'm gonna go fucking hard yeah like bruno bruno came up he he came up for pretty consistently for a while to open mats on sunday we would roll the first couple times that i rolled with him i'm like kind of slow and i'm trying to flow because i'm like i don't know what your injuries are i don't know what your style is i don't want to like explode and just like offend you or whatever and then finally one day he was like bro like you can get after me and i was like i know i know like just give me time you know yeah, like yeah, just give me, me time to, to like kind of warm up to yeah, you sure. and then now like when we go we go hard same thing with jared when he first came back first couple rolls i was like real light and fluid and he's just stomping me and so the I'm black like, belt the other guy that yeah, came from yeah. texas yeah. uh and so now i'm just like i'm gonna murder you yeah but it's because i love him you know what i'm saying like I'm going to murder you because you're my friend I and I respect so you, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I only roll that hard with people I respect. That's, I mean, that's just how it is. I'm the same. I totally get it. Um, even when we have visitors coming into West side, like you don't want to, you don't want to be that guy, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and on top of that, um, as black belts, you know, I, I do coach at West side. I, I coach a lot of the classes there at West side for jujitsu. So that puts you in a weird place too, because you can't, as they say, pohada, right? You can't go, <laughs> yeah. you can't go hard um, with a visitor like that, black belt or otherwise, because the last thing I want is people to go back and be like, dude, those guys at West Sides are dicks. Yeah, you know those Gravitas guys there in Conway are dicks. Mm -hmm. You know, you want people to, it's, it's a community. It's always going to be a community first. Um, just like whenever you and I used to be in bands, just like when we, you know, skateboarded, like those were all communities and nobody wanted to be known as the guy that nobody wanted to hang out with. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's a kind of, it's kind of a gray area too, because like I know I have a target on my back too. And cause I you're a black belt. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm a black belt. I own the gym and like half of the people will go, Oh my God, you're a black belt. And then they just won't try it at all. 
which drives me nuts. Right. And then the other half will just try to rip my head off, you know? And so it's like, now I'm getting to the point where like, it doesn't matter what you do. I can usually control the situation. And I, and I have a question mm -hmm. um, because you are a gym owner. So I was a gym owner at one point as yeah. well uh -huh. uh, when I was a brown belt before I went to West side. What is your opinion about uh, brown and black belts, whatever gym owners that don't compete mm -hmm. and um, your opinion about instructors who own gyms who don't really train with their students? The, the first question uh, about what do I think about people that don't compete at brown and black that are gym owners? I think it's very, it differs between person to person. Injuries mm -hmm. and history stuff, age has a lot to do with it too. A gym owner especially needs to have competed sometime mm -hmm. in the past at least. Um, you know, like there's, I've, I've known dudes that are like, get their purple and brown and their neck is just destroyed, dude. Yeah. They can't compete anymore and they've got to, you know, they just rely on coaching now. But I think if possible, at least compete once at every belt level. You have to go in and test and feel how other people at that level feel. You know? I agree. And then the second question, coaches that don't train with their students, completely unacceptable. I agree. Yeah. You know, and a question like that can garner a lot of different responses from people in the community. You know, it could be like, well, my knees are jacked up or, or my shoulders are, you know. So first off, and this is why I have the opinion I have is my coach, mm -hmm. Roly. He's had ridiculous surgeries on his hands, his wrists, you know, um, and he's a frail guy. He's a tiny, tiny, frail <laughs> man, you know, but um, I'm going to tell him you said that. Oh, he's going to hear it. I've, he's never, ever sat back. You right. know, anytime we're getting like, you know, you and I have uh, we both have super fights coming up. Right. September 21st. Oh, yeah. We're, gonna oh, yeah, we're talking that. about that, huh? So I'm fighting your best friend, Eric Ingram. VFF. Mm -hmm. I'm fighting the guy that I'm fighting. I just found out like last week, started training at Eric Ingram's. Did he really? Yeah. So welcome to the, the team, bro. Yeah. <laughs> We're on the same team. Jeez. We're about to fight each that other now. That sucks. Well, now we just have to come up with a really good game plan. Yeah. Just the two of us. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so Roly knows I've, I'm getting ready for that. Mm. Um, and... When we, when we, when guys and girls are getting ready for fights and stuff at Westside, um, he doesn't just sit back and tell us what to do. Right. He gets himself in the mix. And believe me, there are days, like, he's a busy guy. Mm -hmm. and that dude, you know, he does real estate. Uh, he's a gym owner. Uh, he's a father. You know, he's a husband. But he, he always finds, and, and this guy's training with TJ Brown, Bryce Mitchell, my son. I mean, I'm bigger than Roly. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a bigger guy, and he doesn't have a problem throwing down with me yeah. uh, to get me ready. And so, um, that's something about him that I've always respected. And I have come from other organizations where you have these third and fourth degree black belts that um, that don't regularly train with their students. When I do seminars, that's one of the big things I do. Um, in the off chance that somebody actually invites me to do a seminar. Mm -hmm. um, I train with everybody. I don't care who we're it is. We're available for seminars. We're available for seminars. <laughs> we're blind at us. It's at MitchHallBJJ.com. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not a real website, so don't go there. I don't know what it's going to bring you to. Make sure you put the second J on there. If you just put MitchHallBJ.com. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's a link to a whole other video. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably still going to be in the video. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Dot GIF. Yeah. I don't know what the, the content's going to be. But, you know, yeah. So. I think that there are outliers and extenuating circumstances where they just can't train. Yeah, students. yeah. But I've also known people who were able-bodied individuals mm -hmm. who could, I don't think they could take 
the athletic white belt who wrestled for four years in high school, I think they had a problem dealing with what they, you know, not being able to just, you know, you, you talk a big game and you talk about how all these, these moves work and this move works and this is what you need to do. And then some D1 wrestler white belt comes in and smashes you. Yeah. Well, then it, it affects your credibility. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have, I've known both. Yeah. And that's why, you know, you're a gym owner. And I know you train with everybody. Mm. Uh, I know that because you posted on Instagram. And so, <laughs> plus I've I trained talk with you about guys. It. If yeah. I don't talk about it, it didn't happen. And so, you know, and when I was a gym owner, it was the same thing. I trained with all my students. Mm. I never turned rounds down. Um, you know, and, and that's the thing is people are like, well, you know, what if you're injured? Who the fuck isn't? Yeah. That's the real serious question. Right. Like, who's not? I've been running 101 degree fever for the past probably five days. Mm. You know, I medicate and move on. Listen to a Jocko podcast. And I listen to a Jocko podcast. I ask myself, up. am I am I hurt or am I injured? Yeah. And then I move on, you know, like, so, and maybe not everybody has that mentality. That's fine. But. One of the, uh, so when I opened up the gym, I was very, uh, I was still active in my MMA career. I was still, I was purple belt when I opened up the gym. Still fairly young. Like, I think it was 26, 27 when I opened up the gym. Now I'm like aging. I'm fucking 32. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm but 36. whenever I opened up the gym, I had gone through this period where I was rolling and I do, I, for those people that don't know, like the gym is my full-time job. I'm there, um, Monday through Monday through Sunday, basically every single day, either in the morning or in the evenings, a lot of times both. And I'm teaching upwards of like almost 40 classes a week. You know I mean? It's just tons of classes. Uh, and so I got to the point where it was like, I cannot sustain this kind of training training in every single class. I was doing all my kickboxing classes. I was sparring afterwards. I was doing gi jiu-jitsu, no gi jiu-jitsu, wrestling, because at the time I was going to CBC and wrestling mm-hmm. with them. And so at some point I was like, I have to start regulating my training and saying no sometimes because I'm going to get hurt, um, which was happening. I started collecting a lot of injuries from just, um, you know, I teach a class, we'd have even numbers, and then I just jump right into rolling yeah. and not warm up and then get injured. Um, because I'm an idiot like that. But so I, I started having to like regulate and start to be okay with saying no to a round, especially if, um, you know, I try to roll with my white belts. I try to, you know, give them attention. But if I'm in a point where I'm like competing and it's a role that may not be valuable to me, I have to kind of regulate and do what's smart for me. And I teach yeah. my students the same thing. Like you can say no to, to a role. If that big spaz white belt comes over that elbowed you the last time and damn near knocked you out and he wants to roll, you're like, no, dude, I don't want to roll this round. It's okay to say no to those. And uh, the you were talking about Rolly being injured, still being able yeah. to train. So my coach is a little bit on the opposite side where my coach is considerably older. Mm-hmm. He had, when I first started training, when I was white, blue belt, I saw him roll. Um, I never actually got to roll with him. But I saw we brought in a, a Brazilian guy, uh, Daniel Garcia from Team Nova Anyal. He came in and rolled with Mr. Dream, and um, and honestly, Daniel whooped up on him like he should be. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, like this kid's younger and so on and so forth. The thing that stood out to me was not that he got beat up, was that what he did afterwards. Mr. Dream said he was like, "Dude, that was fucking awesome. Will you show me what that was?" You know what I'm saying? So like, it's okay to be beat. It's okay for, to to lose. But then what you do after that? And then now he's gotten he's got two fake hips yeah um and he can do, still do the full splits and touch his nose to the floor yeah i saw that on his when i used to have facebook that's his <laughs> yeah this is bro, it's like way to flex on everybody bro. um <laughs> way but, to van damme everybody yeah and i've got a pretty funny story about that too actually um so when i was in brazil this last time mr dream was there with me and uh 
I knew he'd just gotten out of a hip surgery. So he's like, I'm going to roll, but I can only roll with people that I trust. And honestly, like girls, <laughs> you know, yeah, like people no, that I, I can, it. I can tool in Brazil. A lot of the times there's so many people on the mats. You don't get to roll every round. Right. Um, you'll, you'll do a round then go sit and then maybe try and jump in on the next round. So I'm sitting and, uh, Mr. Dring starts rolling with this girl, Isara. They kind of come over right in front of me. Mr. Dring gets her in full mount. And you see this girl just spazzing, trying to get out. She's trying to bridge, do this and that. And he's trying to tell her, he says, twist your hips. She says, no, Antando. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Because uh, she doesn't speak English. And he just looks at her and he goes, I'm so sorry. And just sprawls. Because <laughs> he's like, I'm not letting you hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> and just like drives into her. And I was like, oh, man, that's so brutal. That paints that picture that you mm -hmm. have to be careful. Um, and you, you have to choose wisely because ultimately the the only person that matters in your training is you yeah that's um, a good point i teach i teach you know like focus on everybody else because if i make you better that's going to make me better but ultimately i'm the one that shows up i'm the one that is going to be there um i can't control what you do and so i need to make sure i control what i do and take care of myself <clears throat> but it's there's so many there's so many yeah like there's, there's so many variables. different answers to it yeah you roll know, with I, your students though yeah i think roll you with should your students. i think you should and, and like i said I think that, you know, as long as as long as you're not avoiding training with your students because you can't get over your own ego. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think that that's right. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a proponent for training with all my students. The 6 a.m. class that I teach, um, I do train now with my students. There was a long time where I didn't train with guys in the 6 a.m. class that I do, um, mainly because I go straight to work from there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I sweat for hours like it doesn't matter as soon as i start sweating i already know like i'm not going to stop sweating for the next two and a half hours right. it sucks uh plus i don't want to mess my hair up yeah so, yeah that's important piece. that's yeah. a big and being in the military your hair is really important it's a big deal it's actually it's it's probably one of our biggest characters is <laughs> yeah. is our hair <laughs> so moving on to like the mma and um and how that's grown since i mean honestly since i was fighting i didn't realize this until tj had brought it up to me um, when he came up and sparred, he said, I'm pretty sure that your last fight as an amateur was my first fight as an amateur. And I start, I randomly ran across the pictures from Facebook and sure enough, it was like his really? last or his first amateur fight was my last amateur fight. And then now he's at this, you know, the MMA scene now is just night and day. It is different. I've only, I saw you fight one time in either it was nashville i saw you fighting i think you fought oh, ben brewer yeah dude why do you well, why not, are you always looking my at my fault. losses man taking my, my l's <laughs> Shit. it's just a coincidence yeah. that the only two fights we've talked about have been losses for you dude those the i'm not going to say the promotion because i don't want to talk ill on, on another promotion they're a good promotion but when i'd gone out there i just got screwed over in both those fights not saying that ben ben beat me he's, yeah, he's, he's, a, good. he's a tough kid back then and he had a um he had a great game plan. He started leg kicking me. I was like, the fuck is this? You're not supposed to, I'm supposed to do that, bro. Yeah. And, uh, and he said that afterwards, he's like, we, we figured he'd think that I was a wrestler. So we'd start kicking him and throw him off. I was like, damn it, dude. It worked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pulled again. But that, that fight in particular, I had, um, it was in August in Nashville in a gym. Yeah. Cause it was like in that weird training center thing. Yeah. I remember that yeah. because I and was, the, the AC had gone out. You yep. remember that? Yep. And it was like standing room only. I was warming up and I'm looking over at Ben thinking just like, why aren't you warming up, dude? Like you need to like, we're about to fight. And then never dawned on me that I was like, 
exhausting myself yeah. trying to warm up in that heat. Yeah, I do remember that. I was there, coach. I was cornering one of my students, and I didn't know what I was doing. I'm not an MMA guy. Yeah, like I've never been an MMA guy. I have. I, I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember that was uh, that was a weird thing. It was a pretty big card though, like as far as like exposure and like the size of the the event. I remember it was kind of a big deal. But I also remember they had all the fighters in the back. Yeah. And the only thing that separated you from your opponent was like a curtain. Mm-hmm. That was it. It was yeah. just like they had the red corner was here and then the blue corner was right next to it. But there was like a like a, a, a curtain from Bed Bath & Beyond. It was like <laughs> yeah. it was just separating the people. There was so there was so little effort on that show. And they just like it just snowballed. It went downhill. So then I, I that was I took that one on like two weeks notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did another one, both were main events and I jumped in because I was basically saving the card. They're like, we don't have anybody, we need somebody to fight. And this was the beginning of me owning my gym and managing my own career. So I was like, Oh fuck it, I'll fight anybody, dude. And he was like ten and one at the time. I was five and two, I think. Uh or five and one. So it just wasn't a, a brilliant decision on my part in the first place. But then I fought again for them and they had it was during the biggest snowstorm that Nashville's like ever had. And I guess that drives normally like what six hours or yeah, so. That's about it that. took us two days. <laughs> two days, dude. You had to like, stop? Yes. We stopped an hour outside of Nashville. I at two o'clock in the morning. He and I'm like on my way there to weigh ins, right? I'm cutting weight. The drive to that point had taken us fourteen hours. It's hard to cut weight whenever it's balls cold outside. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, it turns out like he called me and he, he goes Hey, uh, I mean, it's 2 a.m. I'm going to believe that you're on weight. <laughs> and so go ahead and eat, bro. And so I had to I had to eat at a at a truck stop, uh, like at a truck stop buffet to to rehydrate and get all that stuff. And then uh, and then make that fight. Yeah, both those fights were just disasters for me, dude. Horrible, horrible decisions <laughs> to take those. Dude, tell me about. So you, how long have you been training with Bryce Mitchell? So I've been training with Bryce. I've known Bryce off and on for the last couple of years, so probably probably about three or four years. Yeah, I guess about three or four years. Um, he recently started teaching the Nogi classes at Westside, mm-hmm. and that's where him and I have become uh, much better friends and training partners now. Um, so he's probably been training, teaching the Nogi classes at uh, at Westside for probably about the back, last year. And that's one of the so he him and TJ Brown are both those are one of the guys. No matter. No matter how tired I am, no matter how crappy I feel, if either one of those guys say, "Hey, Mitch, can I get around in with you?" I never say no. Yeah, like, yeah I never can't. say no. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, like who am I? Who am right. I to say no to these guys? Who, who? Have, I mean, they're. I guarantee you, they are far more tired than I am at that moment, far more injured than I am at that moment. You know, and and just the fact that they would consider me to be somebody that they would want to get better with. You know, yeah. um, and Bryce, Bryce beats the the dog shit out of me i've never felt that kind of pressure in my oh life. yeah he beats the dog shit out of everybody dude, dude. <laughs> he's, and he's the nicest guy about it yeah, too. yeah you know um and and so with with that being said you know i asked tj like multiple times to give me a shout out every mm-hmm. time he does an interview and he hasn't done he yet. told me he was gonna give me a shout out <laughs> I, I was like no you're not dude you have so he many didn't. other people to I know. congratulate so how how big is arkansas getting right now with 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 MMA. Oh, it's great, dude. It's so it's so huge. It gives me 
I'll, I'll be honest when uh every time i see one of them one of the arkansas guys get in the ufc my heart drops just a little bit because it could have been you yeah because i'm like <laughs> dude, just if only little, you just kept going a little bit longer but i'm happy with where i'm at though um i would say the same thing if uh if I didn't make it in my life. <laughs> if I didn't, if if I didn't accomplish didn't my goals. Uh, yeah, I'm happy where I'm at I'm now. totally happy. I can't even read. I don't yeah. even know what books are. <laughs> I don't remember most of my life. I can't remember anything. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so TJ just got his contract uh, on the UFC this week. Yeah. And then Bryce, um, he's been in the UFC for a little while. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I – the reason I wanted to bring up TJ is because like, if anybody out there wants to – be an MMA fighter, be competitive, be do anything great. I think TJ is a wonderful example. And I yes. have a story to back that up because I don't train with TJ much. He comes down and spars a little bit. He made me feel really good one time because I accidentally sparred 30 rounds because um, people just kept showing up and I just kept sparring. So I was like, okay, now this group's showing up. And then TJ shows up like at the end. and was like, dude, have you really been doing 30 rounds? I was like, I guess so. I didn't okay, mean I to. Didn't count, yeah. I've been here. I did over a thousand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one thousand one. Um, no, so then whenever he comes down, he's he's asked me to uh, hold mitts for him and whatnot. Um, which again, like I'm not his coach. I don't see him often. That's a compliment to me for him to yeah. want to learn from me. But the one thing that like that really got me was like the second time that we were we were working mitts. Um, you know, we just hadn't caught each other's rhythm yet. He like kind of missed a left hook or whatever, and I was just like, hey, when I hold this out, this is what I want. And he immediately just goes, yes, sir, I'll do better. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you don't have to tell me that. I'm not your coach. Like, I know that you're good. I'm just giving you information that I that I feel is uh, it, valuable, right? And, like, for him to, to completely throw everything to the side and just be like, yes, sir, I'll do better next time. Yeah. That's the only thing that he's focused on was doing better in that moment. And that's where people get get it mixed up is, like, you can't be doing that stuff and thinking about – um, like anything else, really. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be engaged in that moment and thinking about how do I get better incrementally. Plus that humbleness, you know, like um, when, when I, I tore my bicep last year um, in one of my first black belt matches, and so I was on the injured reserve, and I spent a lot of time coaching and not competing or training. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I really enjoy coaching. Roly has really improved my coaching. Um, but for that year, I got to do the coaching, a lot of coaching and to include coaching Roly when he was compete, you know, getting ready to compete. And, and it was the same thing. Um, I remember so many times when, um, I would yell at him to do something, you know, do this, look for this, move your hand here, you know, watch out for this, you know, and, and, and I'm his student. And there were times where he would say, yes, sir, coach. Yes, sir, coach. Yeah. You know, and that, that level of humbleness, you know, that the, the understanding that, you know, in those moments, he's not a coach anymore. He's a right. competitor. Yeah. You know, he's, he's getting better. He's, you know, and so, and you know, there's people I think would take the approach to go, you know, who are you to tell, you know, I taught you this stuff. Who are right. you to tell me what to do? But he's never had that. And TJ's never had that. And, mm -hmm. and Bryce is the same way too, man. Like Bryce is, is light years better than me. Right. But there's been times where I've given him pieces of advice and he's always taken it and he's always, yes, sir. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm like, man, that's just, I don't think that's something I think that's something that's maybe unique to Arkansas is the the humbleness and the manners, you know, like yeah. that southern manner. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not I'm from Louisiana and, and um, I don't know where you're from. I'm from kind of all over the place. That's what everybody I, says. Yeah. Well, I was born in. It's like the guy that goes, what kind of music do you listen to? Oh, I listen to, I a little listen bit to everything. everything. Yeah. Um, well, 
I was born in Germany, and okay. then because my dad was in in the military, um, and we moved to Kentucky, Missouri, that makes Washington. Sense. So you're a military brat. Military brat. That makes sense. I kind of lived everywhere. That's also why I don't have like a southern accent. That's true. But yeah, the actually I moved to California whenever I turned eighteen to play music. That and, didn't work out. No, it didn't. Another failed dream. Um, <laughs> that led me here. So I I want to say that um, that that's another joke that I've been waiting to say. <laughs> it's just. All so, my failures. I know. I give you so much shit, but like the truth is, is like I really respect you as a musician and as, as a training partner and stuff. But I don't want anybody out there to think that like I'm just talking shit so much no, about you. I love talking shit's the best. Um, no, one of the things actually that I've always really appreciated about you is when you do like something, you tell me. Yeah. Like, dude, like whenever you, we've talked about this, whenever you message me about the music that I post on Instagram, you're like, dude, everything that you post, I, I'm always listening to. I'm like, dude, that makes me feel good because. Yeah when I make those posts, it's almost, it's not in a, it's not necessarily in a, in a moment of low self-esteem, but it's like, I make those, I, I make posts on Instagram, like in my stories because I want interaction. Yeah. You know, I want, and sometimes I just want to be told I'm good. You yeah. Know, like, no, yeah honestly, like, and so in to tell for people, I think that make art or try to make art, it's important for them to hear that they're mm -hmm. doing good. And especially from people that, you know, like, my mom will tell me, oh, that looks yeah. good. But it's like, okay, mom, thanks. You know, like, my mom still thinks I'm a black belt karate. So. Yeah. So. We need to, we need to have like a, you know, that sign like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> every time, every time we say black belt, just, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> we're just reminding people yeah. that we're black have like belts. little confetti things that pop up to celebrate ourselves every time. Yeah. No, I moved out to California and like whenever I lived out there, that was the biggest thing that I noticed was that like, dude, there's just not that, there's not that humbleness. Mm -hmm. There's not that, hospitality there's too much stuff going on yeah and it's really it's there's no way to explain it you can't change it in people you can't um it's just the area there's a lot of things that i hate about this area this area is fucking backwards in a lot of ways especially conway with the amount of traffic circles they have <laughs> yeah <laughs> i went through five traffic circles to get to your house yeah we've got five traffic circles and not a drop of beer in the entire town yeah like, exactly well that's where all the beer money went yeah build traffic circles damn roundabouts um but yeah i do like i love the south just for that reason just because like and some of the history behind it dude is like or behind the south is is really badass but um yeah i mean like dude, it's just not the same it's well really not. like you said some of the history about the south i mean that's that's where the name for the podcast kind oh, of yeah, came yeah, from yeah. right so mm -hmm. the rough and tumble we haven't talked um, about that we haven't and uh that's super necessary because if anybody uh, doesn't know what american rough and tumble is it is the american martial art and it is so freaking badass. And it mostly, it almost exclusively was in the South. Like yeah. Mississippi, West Deep Virginia. South. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what I thought was cool when I started reading about the history was that most people had, they like they would agree where they would go, okay, we're, so I think they called it Broughton or Broxton or whatever, uh, which was basically like, if they were going to disagree and have a fight, um, both people would agree on which rule set. Yeah. And it was either rough and tumble which was no rules. Mm -hmm. uh, it mostly advocated eye poking and biting of the penis. Um, that second part I made up because I thought that that would be a very rough and tumble type technique. <laughs> um, but, um, or they could do, I think it was called Broughton's rules, uh, which was just traditional boxing. Yeah. You know, and I read a story about uh, these two guys that got into a fight over whose horse was faster, which I thought was awesome. Um, and so to settle it, they were like, well, let's go race our horses. 
So they went out wherever they went and they raced their horses. And it said the race was inconclusive. <laughs> How is a race inconclusive? Like, was it just a hundred ties? Yeah. Well, like, they couldn't, they couldn't have the photo finish. Yeah. Yeah. So they couldn't. Cause, well, cause yeah, they didn't have photographs back then. Probably. Right. <laughs> That's also that I've really tried to research American rough and tumble and there's drawings. Yeah. There are no photographs of it. No. Well, we did. A, I found that one photo of the two chicks with their shirts off. Oh, yeah. And they're just fighting each other with their tits. <laughs> from what I from what I've found about it, like the entire goal of American Rough and Tumble was to like to to show that you won was to take a piece of their nose or their ear. And so people would like file their teeth down to points <gasps> and their fingernails to points in order to better. It just seems like that's such use. a that's such a niche. That, like you like. <laughs> You know, like we have cauliflower. Yeah. So people either assume that we wrestled or that we do jiu-jitsu, which we're both black belts in. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but that's like, that's such a different level. Yeah. To be like, because what if nobody wants to fight you anymore in rough and tumble? And then like, so now you walk around with filed teeth and, and fingernails and then you can't find a fight. I was thinking about it. I was like, I wonder if they just thought. Cause like there was a time in boxing where we're like, oh yeah, your brain will just heal itself. It's fine. <laughs> I wonder if they were like, yeah, like our ears, we don't need that shit. Like just bite off the, just the bite tip it of off. it. It'll grow back like a lizard. You tail. still have holes there. Like yep. you can hear. <laughs> I think it's funny. You said, that, oh, your brain will just heal. Just put, yeah, we'll just, we'll just put cocaine and flannel on it. <laughs> cocaine and flannel. <laughs> Done deal. You are done. Fixed. Just wrap your head in cocaine and flannel and it'll heal itself. So yeah, maybe we'll have a, uh. Maybe we'll do a uh, a whole episode on American Rough and Tumble. I think we should. I also, so I have a hobby here recently that I've been getting really into. And it's going through hot girls thirst traps on Instagram. <laughs> and then reading their comments. It's so good. Like, oh my God. The p things that people say. I don't think that a lot of people understand that people can see what you're writing in the comments. I know. They're like, I, I think I think there are people that go, no one's ever going to see this. Yeah. It's insane. It's not like, cause there's some of it like, you add a hot girl and you can just hope it gets lost in the in the ether. Or or there's that that guy that goes, she's gonna see this and then we're gonna get married. Yeah, like yeah. that's this is gonna lead to my uh, my relationship starting. So Mackenzie Dern. Yeah. So what you guys Mc, can't see McDern. is that McDern is the, is that uh, Johnny was holding up his extremely large iPad with a picture of Mackenzie Dern. If you don't know who Mackenzie Dern is, you should go look her up. She's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. Um, who, who uh, she's cute. I think she's cute. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying that out loud. She's pretty. She's yeah, she's cute. But like, honestly, we don't have a lot to work with in women's MMA. That's true. Um, And so like, so it's so in the military, we call those desert queens, desert queens, because like when you deploy like a chick that you would never talk to in a million years becomes super hot. Because you haven't seen a chick for like six months. Um, so I feel like that's what you're referring to Mackenzie Dern as, is like a desert queen because there's only like five female MMA fighters. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll have to look up Paige Van Zant too. Paige she, Van Zant, yeah. One, oh man, there's so many good ones. Uh, so whenever you, <laughs> somebody just commented, hashtag Brazzers. Brazzers. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag ca a casting couch. Yeah. And here's the thing is like, so she posts this. And she's got a husband and a brand new baby. Yeah. And she, her husband's going through these comments. Oh, yeah. It has to be. Like, li listen, here's the thing. I don't give a shit what you post on Instagram. Post your naked self all over the Instagram. Awesome. That's what you want to do. What I'm interested in is, in is the comments from the from the from uh, these thirsty boys. 
Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> this guy just comments, full of milk. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think he's talking about? He's probably talking about her teeth. Look. Oh, let's look at his profile. Nathan Donahue. Oh. I'll bet you there's going to be something about what is, Jesus in the first. He looks like Nosferatus, <laughs> the vampire guy. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, this is such a stupid thing to be thinking about. But, like, anytime one of these MMA fighters, female MMA fighters get breast implants, go to their Instagram comments oh, because yeah. it gets insane. It gets so wild. I saw, <laughs> I saw, there's some of them that are just like, nice tits. And then Look, he, this guy wrote Bubba Bouncy. <laughs> <laughs> bouncy, Bubba Bouncy. Bouncy. But he, who'd he tag? Who is this? Oh, Jennifer, Jennifer Reilly. I hope that's like his wife. I hope it is his wife. What if this is where you found out that I can't read? <laughs> or like I'm one of those slow readers? Well, the you do have the text like size. It's like size 15. That's because of this iPad. It's is a size giant 15. iPad. Yeah. yeah. I like that it's also a phone. I just want to see you use it as a phone one day. Yeah. Just click it up. But it's Hello? Zach Morris. <laughs> it's Zach Morris. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So we've uh, we've pretty much used up. Mackenzie Dern's comments. Let's go to Paige Van Zandt. I think that's really where it's going to be. That's where the money's going to be. Yeah. I met Mackenzie Dern at, Mis at Masters Worlds one time. Oh, really? Yeah. Who's that hottie? That's about the dude, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I guess it's is her, that her husband? husband. Oh, dude, oh. what happened to his head? That's unfortunate. It is. Why does he have such a small head? If he took his head off, he has a pretty okay body. <laughs> yeah. LA or Miami, and this guy just puts, or Pornhub. Dude, some of the Reddit comments that I come across are like super, super witty too. Like just in general. Yeah. The uh, did you see the BJ Penn getting in getting in street fights here recently? No. Dude, he's gotten in. He had two in the same night. Have you not seen those videos? No. Holy shit, dude! So the first one that I saw, um, and you can look these up like on TMZ or something. The first one I saw. Is he hurting that bad for money that he's going out and starting oh, street dude. fights to get oh. TMZ credit? It's so it's he's lost it, man. He's gone way off the probably from end. getting punched in the head a hundred thousand yeah. times. There's some about Hawaiian culture too that like yeah. they're a fighting culture. They are. Um, but this guy, so so the first video that I saw was can barely see, but BJ Penn has this guy uh, has this guy's back and just raining bombs on him. Um, either chokes him unconscious or knocks him unconscious. I don't know which, but it just keeps going. Mm -hmm. They drag him off. He's stomping him on the back of the head. Jeez. Um, the comment, somebody goes, we got a motivated BJ Penn, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> the champ is back. The champ is back. <laughs> so then this same night, the video from earlier that prompted this whole attack uh, gets released. BJ, they're in the middle of a street. BJ's like getting into a fist fight with this big Samoan dude. And he just keeps going, you hit like a so-and-so, right? The dude left hooks him and knocks him out cold. Knocks BJ out? Knocks BJ Penn out. BJ, his head hits the asphalt. Like, he went stiff. Bounces his head off the asphalt. So, apparently, after that, he goes back and gets his revenge. I'll show you. Yeah. How <laughs> dare you knock now, me out in front of my friends? Now you're dead. Yeah. But you know that guy's got a story for days. Oh, yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time I knocked out <laughs> BJ Penn? He gave me his black belt after. He, <laughs> he gave me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why people are surprised by it. Like, yeah, MMA fighters are assholes. <laughs> like, you know, it's funny you say that because yeah, a lot of them are. And then of course, on the flip side, you have like a, a large community that are yeah. like super, super. That was always the weirdest thing when I would go to these these fights and stuff, is that, um, you know, or you go to jujitsu tournaments, for instance. Like, mm -hmm. I've never seen a fight at a jujitsu tournament. Uh, except for the one time that I had a uh, a coach while I was refing, uh, he tried to fight me. Um, I won't I won't say who it was. I've seen that a couple of times. I had a guy um, 
that completely freaked out uh, during a match when I was purple belt. I'd never met this guy in my entire life. We were matched up. Uh, that was our first match with me and him. And then there were two brothers in the division that asked to be separated because they were going to go against each other right off the bat. And like, we don't mind fighting, but we'd like to go in the finals. <clears throat> so they moved people around. He, me and this guy. I don't even know who this guy is. Um, we don't, we're not going to compete now, right? So he, he literally shut down the tournament throwing a fit because he, would, he wasn't going to fight me. He goes, dude. I want. I was supposed to fight Johnny Wester. He's fought in V three. He's a pro MMA fighter. I was like, bro, I lost all those fights in yeah. V three. Like, have you not been listening? <laughs> yeah. Why are you gonna make a name off of me? Yeah. <laughs> so then he, this fool, goes out, beats a guy, then quits halfway through his second match. Just one hundred percent gets like passed, and then just like, no, I'm done. Do you remember? Um, do you remember whenever I don't know if you know who Matt Vernon is? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, really, I really him good a black times. guy. I fought him as a brown belt, and um. I was whooping his ass right up until the point where he submitted me with a knee bar. Yeah. Um, and he made he, – he actually got internet famous, uh, more so the guy he was fighting, who he went for a heel hook, mm -hmm. and the guy didn't want to tap and, like, blew his knee out. And then the guy was mad that they wouldn't let him keep fighting yeah. after he verbally screamed like a little girl and, like, <laughs> blew his knee out, you know? And yeah. Matt's super stoic. I, I like to believe that Matt has a personality. I've just never seen it. I haven't He's either. super stoic. Uh -huh. But um, – but yeah, and like the whole time, like Matt's just staring at him, like. Was he in that division at AGF Nationals? Matt Vernon wasn't. No, not our division. Yeah. No, I only remember me, you, and Levi Moles. That was the first time I'd ever been put in like worm guard. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know what worm guard was, and I literally. I still don't know, dude. <laughs> like the that was the worst match ever because um, we, <laughs> when he rolled me up in this little worm guard position, um, we we stayed in the same position for like three minutes because mm. um, I didn't know how to get out. And obviously he didn't know what to do after he got me in the position. And uh, it like, if you had like, if two mama deers gave birth at the same time, and then those two baby deers fell on top of each other, <laughs> that's what it, our match looked like. For <laughs> <most of the> time. <laughs> it was just like two baby deers just waddling, but they couldn't get up. Like we couldn't yeah. get up. And then he ended up coming up and getting two and winning. It is what it is. Uh, you know, but in case you didn't know, uh, he's not a jiu-jitsu fighter. He's a pro MMA fighter. I'm gonna, I, I got to tell you, uh, I've beat Matt Vernon. Have you? Yeah. Does and he know that? <laughs> don't tell him. Don't no. tell him. Uh, we're one and one. What? He, uh, we fought twice at Brown Belt. I fought him at AGF um, in the same exact scenario played out both times. He went for a toehold. My defense of the toehold is the Baron Bobo. Mm -hmm. And so I took his back, um, failed the back attempt as he escaped. Um, came up to mount and then arm triangled him off the mount. Uh, yeah, 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 arm triangle. Do you remember that time that you tried to toe hold Kevin Williams? Yeah, and then I got Baron Bolo'd into an arm <laughs> <laughs> So the second time we... You should try to make a name off yourself or off of Kevin Williams now. Yeah, no, he already did that for me. <laughs> <laughs> he got my name out there, just not the way I wanted it. Dude. Um, and then this, the second time we fought, I, uh, I competed against a guy and broke his foot in a toe hold. Like, I felt his, dude, my coach tells me, like, move up higher on the toes to get better leverage, right? As soon as I move up, I feel his foot just, like, disintegrate in my hand. I get, like, squeamish. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to hurt people. And when that happened, I was like, Ugh. I got, you can see in the video, I get up and I, like, I look away because I'm like, I don't want to look at it. So then immediately afterwards, I fight Matt again. Same scenario happens. He goes for the toe hold. I start to Barambolo. He gets that angle. And I feel like I probably could have held out a little bit longer. 
but I was just to the point where like, dude, I don't want my foot broken. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just watch what happened. Yeah, and so uh, I'm I'm gonna get him again, man. I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm sure you guys will get your chance. We're gonna go toe hold for toe hold for days. So, so I'm tired of losing off the toe hold, honestly. Yeah, it's that last one was a pretty significant one. In and in your defense, though, I would have done the same thing that you did against Kevin Williams. Um, who would have saw that coming? Though? Like, yeah, it was you nuts. Know. And like, I, honestly, I was to the point where there's like. 40 seconds left in the match. I was down by two and I was like, what else am I going to do? Yeah. I got to do something. I've tried to pass. I've tried to do everything. Couldn't stabilize anything. I got to just create movement. You went up a weight class too, though. Cause he's, he's mm-hmm. like a two Oh five guy. I don't feel like he's, he's that big. He, he didn't, know. I mean, he's not, he's not outstandingly strong. Mm-hmm. He's not heavy. I mean, he feels like my weight. Yeah. Um, but he said he was about one ninety. I, uh, I've been moving up. And wait a little bit too, because I'm on accident. I'm chubby now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm dirty. You've just been dirty bulking for three years. Dirty bulking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Donuts and ice cream. Yeah, that's all I've been doing. The, uh, but yeah, that was. I'm tired of winning or losing off that damn toehold, dude. <laughs> it's like I don't even. I I don't know that I've ever actually done a footlock in competition. That's the only one that yeah, I got. I don't was. ever do it. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm afraid to attack the feet because I'm afraid my feet are going to get yeah. attacked. Yeah. I don't win a lot, though, so it works out. <laughs> yeah. So you've won a match. What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin made me famous on Reddit, and now it makes me not want to post anything to Reddit ever again. Because everyone's going to – well, you were doing really well for a while there. Dude, because I hate – don't say that. <laughs> you were. I, the one thing that I hate is when people are like, dude, you did a really good job. No, no, no. I didn't mean in the match. <laughs> <laughs> I meant on Reddit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because you were posting some really good videos and stuff, and I was always like trying to co-sign on them so that get to get yeah, some traction yeah. on them for you. And uh, I don't even go on Reddit anymore. Like all I do on Reddit now is just look at like uh, hot Latinas and stuff. Like, yeah, I just go to the really adult Reddits now. I've never been in a place where I can navigate so seamlessly through the worst of the internet and then into like the community. Like I can it's go super weird. looking up like weird bestiality and then go right back into a conversation about jujitsu. there's one that I, I i frequent it's called uh natty or juice and uh, all it is is a, it's dudes it's a bunch of dudes posting um pictures of other dudes asking other dudes if they think that this guy is natural if he's on steroids <laughs> that's, that's, awesome. that's pretty much what bjj steroids that's is doing is. on instagram yeah, exactly that's called the jujitsu community these are uh Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah. read some of these. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna read some of these comments. So to give some context to this, so Johnny fought a guy named Kevin Williams at AGF, and Johnny went for a toe hold, which is a submission move, and somehow Kevin Williams turned it into an arm lock and beat Johnny, and in, in it, like in incredible fashion. It was, I mean, it was highlight reel. It was material hi- yeah. I know sure. that because I saw the highlight that he posted on his own page. <laughs> Yeah. His Instagram about it. So. I can't be mad about it. No, like, it's super sick. You won. You you earned it. And if it happened the other way, I'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. Like, I, this is a stupid name. That kind of geek. I bet that he's, kind of geek. I bet he's super witty. So he says, I assume this would be a way of escaping the armbar via the toll hold. I was wrong. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> Barrel Dodge said, did he wait for that? Blows my mind. Either way to hit that in a competition. So sick also a, blew my mind a, yeah and he's a blue belt <laughs> man that was a desperate toehold he had no control of that leg whatsoever no idea why you go for that there <laughs> but then he's but then he was like it was nice <laughs> yeah to be honest i don't know why i was going for it either man. i thought it was appropriate at the time 
And that's why you don't go for toeholds off the polo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that guy is super smart. There was an argument between people. This guy was like, I've been doing bolos for like 12 years, bro. Like, don't argue with me on this. Like, well, what this one right here says, the toehold counter is why you don't bolo at a high level. So for those who don't understand what these talk, barambolo is a, is a jiu-jitsu move. You're just going to have to YouTube it to know what we're talking about. Um, I don't use it. I think it's, in my opinion, it's cheating. I don't think anyone should do Barambolo. <laughs> I think it's cheating. all I do. <laughs> yeah. I, like I said, I think it's cheating because Johnny does it to me. Yeah. <laughs> and it says, he didn't figure for his legs to lock his hips down for the counter. The execution was poor. Like, <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> and this is this is probably like a white belt. Oh, know? yeah, for sure. But he's. He watched John Donner's DVD. <laughs> so he knows what he's talking <laughs> yeah, about. Absolutely. And he's completely critiquing your 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 attempt. Did he type that out in an accent? <laughs> he did. <laughs> It is red, and it actually it is in an English accent. It's I don't know what this even means. Wookman, Wookmano, Wookmano hands is the guy's name, which is awesome. But he's like, that's what his ass gets for going for the toe. <laughs> Look how many downvotes that one has. Is there yeah. one? It's got like it's nine, nine downvotes. Yeah, Everybody's like, like shut people, up, dude. People like you're a retard. <laughs> Not that there's anything else wrong with being a retard, dude. I had somebody. Um, we're training, and he he goes. Oh, I gotta drill this on my retard side, and then looks at this is another black belt, and then looks at me, and goes, "Dude, you can't say that anymore." I was like, "I know, I'm not the one that said it." And it's like, <laughs> we haven't been able to say that like ever. <laughs> that's hilarious. I think that's so funny because you know they're like, "Oh, I gotta train this on my retard side." What is this? Is that Bo Nickel? Yeah. Oh, dude, I had to look who uh, who Bo Nickel was. <laughs> He's not wrong, dude. I look, look just like him. I'm gonna look up Bo Nickel. Hold on. Uh, this is one of those times where I wish we had like the camera. Gonna, yeah, yeah. We so now that. everybody's gonna be. Po we gotta. You know what we should do is when we get the Instagram, we should post a picture of you and Bo Nickel next to each other. We're gonna. We'll have an Instagram by this by the time this comes out. That's such the a rough and tumble podcast. Will be there. That is such a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> who knows who would even know who bo nickel was dude i have no like i guess he's a wrestler yeah but he's such an obscure he wrote wrestles for penn state yeah but like that's such an that's like somebody going um who's looking at bo nickel enough to be like oh that guy looks that guy like bo nickel. he's like i've been waiting my whole life to find bo nickel's doppelganger <laughs> there he is <laughs> we got him boys <laughs> we got him boys that's like uh somebody going um yeah, so shout out to Bo Nichols. Shout out to Bo Nichols. Go <laughs> yeah. check him out. You can follow him on Twitter because uh, at at No Bickle. At No Bickle. That's what his name is. No Bickle. Uh, right. He swatched in in the B. He's witty. Oh. That's what he did. So it's No Bickle. At No Bickle. You can go check him out on Twitter. Hey, he's not a black belt, though. He's not so a black belt. Um, we are. We are black Collectively. Collectively. Not, not like if you if we train at our, our gyms with different belts, but when we're put together, we're black. We're belts. one black belt. Right. Is that Bo Nickel? That's the best one so far. Oh yeah, I think that's that that's might hilarious. Be that's the last one. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. <laughs> it's such yeah. an obscure. He looks, and I can't argue with it. I'm so, like, damn it, dude. He does look like me. Speaking of which, if there was, if there was one, I've got to narrow this down so it'll actually, hopefully, because this happens to me a lot. Um, I don't see it and I don't agree with this, but if you were to name one professional wrestler that I resembled, who would it be? John Cena. Every fucking time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. God damn it. I don't see it, but I was at the, uh, it's the, it's the shape of your face. It's because I have a weird shaped head. No, it's not a weird shaped head. Mitchell is it? <laughs> Use your Christian name. It's not Mi Listen, Mitchell, you've got oh, my a, mother calls me Mitchell. a beautiful shaped face. It's just different. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a weird shaped head. 
I feel like my head looks like a dreidel. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you can pop it off and spin it on Hanukkah day. <laughs> you've got, I'll say that you've got a very military head. I do. Like it was made for that square top. Well, what's uh, weird haircut, is that you know? my head grew. Like, uh, as soon as you signed up for the military, yeah, like I went to basic and I graduated basic training and then my mom couldn't even find me at the, at the graduation because she was looking for some other person. Where's my P-sized head <laughs> child? Where's my normal sized kid? Where's yeah. he at? Who's this giant dreidel head kid? People, if you go look up dreidels, it'll, that joke will be way funnier. <laughs> you've never seen a dreidel. If you've never seen a dreidel. Go Google one. Yeah. Um, no, it's, the reason I asked that question is because I get people tell me that all the time that I look like John Cena, which I, I don't agree. And I was at the, there's a big red gas station next to my house that I always go to every single day when I go to work or come home from work. And uh, the kid behind the counter is like, oh my God, you look like, you look just like, I can't think of the guy's name. He's, but he's like a wrestler, man. He's uh -huh. like, and I was like, it's John Cena. And he goes, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I get it all the time. And frankly, I would appreciate it if he'd stop saying it. You know, I didn't say that to him. I, was, I just told him, I was like, I am John Cena. And then I gave my autograph, <laughs> I've but, got... I, but I signed it Mitch Hall. <laughs> okay. I'm going to. I'm going to go pee again because I drank too much water. And then I've got a special surprise for you. Oh, shit. So you got to keep it. You got to keep everybody occupied. Give me okay. like two minutes. I hope you guys go out and look up who Bo Nickel is because it really does look like Johnny. That's such an obscure um, <laughs> reference uh, to to bring up. But um, this is the second time that he's had to go take a piss. I've been holding mine this whole time because I'm a fucking professional. Plus, I feel awkward going to the bathroom at other people's houses. I've actually had to poop for probably the last two hours, but I've been holding it because I don't I don't know their bathroom situation. <laughs> this is a real life, real. Where did you get that? My old roommates. You left it. Why did he have it? When he was a kid. This is a John Cena wrestling belt. What are the odds? Oh, it has a spinner in it. Right. So the, the only championship belt Johnny Wrestler's ever been able to hold. You never got to feel didn't, that shit. God, that is really. We're gonna. That's have super to, heavy. I wish you guys could. Before we'll we'll bring it out again because that's yeah. gonna be like at the front of the table. Are those diamonds? Oh yeah. I don't definitely. know. If they're, there's no way these are. That's like a hundred diamonds. There's no way that's real. <laughs> It's an this, expensive belt, if, man. If that was the case, this belt would be worth $6.2 million. Hey, yeah. When you're John Cena, you get the best, man. It has his name on it. Did he steal this from John Cena's house? He's the kid that would be obsessed with wrestling. Like, you did look he have at like him. A, did he have, like, a, a, a disease? Like, was he dying? <laughs> no. He's this wasn't a Make-A-Wish foundation? He's a short, chubby kid. <laughs> so that was his disease. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a look to the person that would buy this belt. Yeah, a short, chubby, fat kid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who, and, uh, who makes YouTube videos in the mirror of him holding this belt with no shirt on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we get the Instagram page up, we're going to have, oh, we're yeah. going to make sure to bring this out. I'm so, I'm so glad that John Cena came up and I remembered that that was in the garage. I never asked you my question. My, 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 uh, five my zinger. Oh, your zinger. Yeah. Okay. So you asked me if I'd rather have a vagina for a mouth yep. or a penis for a nose. That's a fact. Uh, reverse card. Uh -oh. I'm going to ask you, would you rather have nipple-sized penis or penis-sized nipples? And they <laughs> they function the same. What do you mean they function the same? Well, A nipple doesn't have, do anything. It, no, no, no. If you have if you have penises for nipples. Then you can ejaculate out of them? Yeah. Do I have two of them? They get hard. Yeah, you have two of them. They get hard just like a normal, a normal ween. I'm – you know what? And so – 
would I be allowed to wear a bra? Oh, or yeah. Would I, have I to mean, wear you, could, you could wear whatever you I want. Could, okay. Yeah, the, the choice is yours. Do I also have my normal penis? So I have two two functioning penises for nipples and my regular penis. And your penis. normal functioning oh, penis. Oh, I'm going penis nipples all day. Penis nipples. Can you imagine having – you could literally just rotate around them. Oh, that's true. You could, there's so many possibilities with Because if you had a nipple-sized penis, then – You'd have to have three girlfriends. You'd have to have three girlfriends. One for each penis. That's true. Yeah. And um, the reason I asked about the bra thing is because it would be embarrassing. Like every time you were around re- a hot chick, you would the just – The reason I asked about the bra thing is if like it's actually going to happen – well, the reason that I brought that up was well, it, so because because if you get turned on, you, your nipples are going to get hard, right? But it's going to yeah. be a penis. Um, what if uh, what if you know how like so when girls get turned on, they get wet. What if guys' Wait. buttholes got wet instead? Explain that again. <laughs> Where's the clitoris? Yeah. How's this happen, dude? My butthole's wet most of the time, anyway. It's like it's wet right now. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. I just have swamp ass. Like, could you imagine ninety like, percent of my life? Because I've asked that question to people before, and they're like, "That's just silly." Like, it's not silly. It's not. You're like, women have the same problem. Yeah, I assume. I, I don't mean, know. I've, I, like you, I've never made a girl wet. So, <laughs> God put a playground right next to a, a, a dumpster. A dumpster. I mean, like. It could have been like one inch away from a disaster. It could have. This podcast has really disintegrated fast. I'd say it's probably a pretty good place to call it quits for the day. Thank you for listening to the Rough and Tumble podcast. 